Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. I gotta say, there are some days when I feel like I'm a puppet going through the motions and someone I don't even know is pulling the strings. Have you ever felt that way? Probably most of us have. Is it true? Are our minds being manipulated in ways we can't even see? Let's put that question to Dr. Jennings, who joins us via Skype. Dr. Jennings, you're an experienced psychiatrist who has studied long and hard concerning the human psyche. As you've observed what is going on in this world, especially during the COVID crisis, what conclusions have you reached based on your experience, based on your reading of scripture, based on your understanding of science? Share with us your opinions of what has happened and what is happening and what's going to happen to our society in the grip of this disease. I'm going to walk through what has happened to our society over the last two and a half years and how billions of minds around the world have been manipulated by a nine-step process purposely implemented in order to get people to make decisions they would not have otherwise made had these methods not been employed upon them. Just very quickly, before we get into this, I want to tell you, if you ever find yourself in a situation and you have two competing views and you're not sure who to follow because maybe the science is too complicated or the details you don't comprehend, I would encourage you to step back from the actual specific details and ask what methods the two parties are employing. Mm. God's people will always be people advancing truth in a benevolent and loving way in an atmosphere of openness that invites criticism and questioning and critique because they love truth and want to advance in truth and to the degree they're presenting something that's not true and you can point it out, they will thank you for it, update their position and move forward in the truth. That's how historic good science has always worked. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look for those methods. But if you're advancing a position that is known to be false and you don't want the truth to come out and you you want to hold the power instead, then if people begin to question, you will not appreciate that. And so the methods of those who are not advancing truth and don't what's actually in the other best interest are going to be the methods of of not just lies and misinformation and propaganda, but silencing, censoring, accusing, coercing, trying to marginalize, vilify anything they can do to make the other party be marginalized in some way rather than actually inviting them into a dialogue where they seek the objective evidence for themselves. And if you look at the whole thing that's happened to our nation the last two and a half years, it becomes very clear that there has been a divide in our society. And the one side has always been open, been truthful, been willing to leave other people free. The other side has been consistently coercive, authoritarian, abusive, censoring, not allowing freedom of speech and so forth. That alone tells you where the truth resides, and it doesn't reside with the party who has to use those methods. But with that being said, let's walk through a nine-step process that can be used to manipulate minds. Okay, nine-step process. Step one, create or identify some threat. The more nebulous, the better. Nebulous means difficult for you to, with your own God-given senses, see, taste, touch, smell. It's a threat. It's out there somewhere, but it's hard for you to find and see with your own abilities. Mm -hmm. The more nebulous, the better the threat for manipulating people. Mm -hmm. Two, once you've identified the threat, purposely misinform and lie to exaggerate the danger in order to increase the sense of fear. 
And the reason this is important is because the more fearful people become, the less capable of critical reasoning they are and the more willing they are to be influenced by someone else. Mm -hmm. Three, then present conflicting messaging to increase the uncertainty, which will then couple, you're not only afraid, Conflicting messaging, do this, do this, do this, do the other thing. It's constantly back and forth. Conflicting messaging compounds fear with a sense of helplessness. Should I go left? Should I go right? Up, down. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So not only now are you afraid, you feel helpless. Mm -hmm. And then step four, provide a voice of authority to direct to safety. Well, so-and-so says to go there. I'll go there because I don't know what to do. And there's a threat and I'm scared. Step five. Present a sense of group acceptance. This is important because when you're under threat, we're psychologically wired to want to identify with the group. It's dangerous to be out on your own, singly and alone under threat. There's strength in numbers. So when we feel fear, we look to the collective. We look to, to join a group. We feel safer. In our society today, you don't actually have to get the majority of the people in our society to agree. You only have to control the media to give the perception that the majority of the group agrees in order to influence mm -hmm. mind to go along. Mm -hmm. Step six, then prescribe specific actions that may or may not have any benefit in reducing the threat. Step seven, silence dissent. Step eight, add new threats to increase the fear. So identify some threat, the more nebulous, the better. Step two, misinform lie to make the fear worse. Compound the fear with a sense of helplessness by giving conflicting messages. Give a voice of authority to tell you that you need to do this, do this, do this. Present a sense of group acceptance so every media channel you look at agrees with the expert and tells you that's what everybody thinks is right. Prescribe some specific action that may or may not actually benefit. Anybody who would critique the action, you silence them, deplatform them, censor them. Add new threats, threaten to take away your liberties, your freedoms. You can't travel. You can't go to school if you don't do what's told. And then step nine, repeat steps two through eight over and over again. <laughs> yes. Oh my, oh my. Now, as I walk through those steps for you, can you see how they have been used in our society in the last two and a half years and are still being used? Yep, I certainly can. I've seen them being used by people of all political persuasions and faiths. Okay, so let's walk through them and I'll give some evidence of each one. Step one, create or identify some threat. The more nebulous, the better. Understand why. If you're fearful, you can't think impairs thinking and reasoning. And then the nebulous threat. Also, you can't use your objective senses to identify. It could be anywhere. Mm -hmm. People ask, did the SARS-CoV-2 virus come from a lab or a wet market? For the purpose of this agenda, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah, it's true. It serves the same purpose. True. Once it's out in the open, once it's in society and circulating, it serves the purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. And understand the purpose. SARS-CoV-2 is a tool. The intention is fear. The goal is power and control. So identify some threat, the more nebulous, the better, then misinform and lie. The existence of the virus is not. Uh, the fact that some people may die is not a lie. But the virulence, the threat to society was a lie. It was originally told that 3.4% of the population were going to die from this. That number came from the sickest of the sick who ended up hospitalized. They were so sick they couldn't stay home. They got hospitalized. 3.4% of them died. But in the original Wuhan outbreak, the population at large, 0.1 to 0.3% of people died, which is no different than the average seasonal flu that we have experienced our entire life. It was never more threatening. And had they told us that from the beginning, hey, this is a new virus, but it's no more threatening than the flu, guess what? People would not have been nearly as afraid as they were. 
Second lie, it's highly life-threatening to children. While it's the same virulence to the general population as the seasonal flu, it's actually much less threatening to children. And if they told you that, hey, you know what? You've gone through the flu year in, year out. We've never closed our schools down. Even though flu outbreaks happen, we've kept the kids in school. And this is much less threatening to your kids. So your kids have even less to worry about. It would have reduced fear. That was not the goal. Mm-hmm. Community mask wearing can stop the spread. No, every study shows community mask wearing has no effect. Here's one. The experimental messenger RNA injections are, quote, vaccines, unquote, that will prevent infection, provide herd immunity and stop spread. This is a lie on multiple levels. Words have meaning, Charles. Mm -hmm. And in society prior to COVID, the word vaccine actually meant immunity. When you got a polio vaccine, you became immune to polio. And even if you get exposed to the polio vaccine, you don't get polio. You got a measles vaccine, you get immunity to measles. Okay, that's what the word vaccine meant. They knew when they rolled this out and called it a vaccine, they knew that it would not provide immunity. It would not prevent infection. It would not prevent spread. It would not prevent reinfection. And it would not provide herd immunity. They knew it and they lied about it anyway. Hmm. Think that through, Charles. Hmm. Had they told people from the beginning, this is an experimental injection, we have no idea of any long-term safety data, it will not prevent infection, it will not prevent spread, it will not prevent pre-infection, and they told people that from the beginning, would they have had so many people taking it? So they told us over and over and over again, if you get injected, you'll be safe. If you get this thing, you can't spread it. If you get this thing, we're in a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, that was the next lie. Hmm. We're in a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Hmm. In truth, let me tell you the reality, Charles. When you get infected with COVID, it it comes through the mucous membranes of your throat, nose, mouth. Mm -hmm. And your body then builds an immune response. And after you recover, you will have circulating in your bloodstream IgG and IgM antibodies. But on your mucous membranes, you have IgA antibodies. So that when you get re-exposed after having recovered from the actual illness, the new viruses hit your mucous membranes and your IgA antibodies, knock them down, kill them, and you really don't get sick again significantly after having a COVID infection. But if you get the injection in your arm, you get IgG and IgM antibodies to the spike protein, but you get no IgA antibodies on your mucous membranes. Mm -hmm. So when you go out in society and the virus hits your mucous membranes, it begins to reproduce in the mucous membranes. When it reproduces enough that it crosses into your bloodstream, your IgG and IgM antibodies knock it down so you don't get as sick, but you're still reproducing it and you're walking around fairly asymptomatic and you're spreading it to everybody. Mm. So the spreaders in society are the people who've had these so-called vaccines. If you're unvaccinated and you haven't had it yet and you get infected, guess what happens? What happens like has happened every flu season for our whole life, you actually get sick, you get symptoms, you call grandma up and say, grandma, I got a, I got a fever, I'm not feeling well, I'm gonna wait till I get better to come over and you don't spread it. This has always been a pandemic after this thing came out of the vaccinated spreading it around, not the unvaccinated spreading it around. They're the safest people to have are the unvaccinated recovered. That's scientific fact. Okay. Dr. Jennings, we have two and a half minutes left on the program here, so I want you to bring some conclusions for us because the question on all of our minds is, well, Dr. Jennings, what should we do? What should we do? Well, first, if you'd like to hear more, go to my website, comeandreason.com. On our homepage, I have a talk called COVID and the Manipulation of Your Mind, in which I go through all these nine steps and give evidence for all of them that exposes how much we have been manipulated and how they're continuing to manipulate us. But what do we do is the steps to a healthy mind is that you have to actually begin to think for yourself rather than allowing other people to think for you. Mm -hmm. So first step, when you're afraid, seek God. 
The neuroscience shows that when you're afraid, you can't think well. But if you meditate on a God of love, it activates the love circuits and calms the fear circuits, which will clear your mind of the fear and allow you to engage your prefrontal cortex to reason and think better. So seek God both to calm your fear, but also because God's the source of truth and he will enlighten your mind with truth. So when you're afraid, step back, seek God, calm yourself and pursue the truth. Commit yourself to godly principles that you're going to follow the truth in a loving, altruistic way and leave other people free. You're not going to, based on fear, try to make other people do what you think they need to do so you can feel safe. Mm. You're going to think for yourself. You're going to prioritize facts over feelings rather than let feelings cloud your mind and follow them simply because you're desperate. You're going to prioritize evidence over opinion. People that come out and give you that they think this, these are opinion. They're not science. Science is testable evidence that reproduces and gets the same conclusion each time you do it. Mm. That's what science is. Prioritize evidence over opinion. Be careful who you trust. Don't trust people based on power. Don't trust people based on position. Don't trust people based on simple authority or rule. And if you see them using methods of coercion and censor, you should really not trust them. Mm -hmm. Watch the methods and don't get lost in the information. Resist group pressure. Stand for what you believe is right for you and your family. And if people get mad at you and reject you, give them the freedom to do so. Tolerate. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it my way. I won't make you do it my way. Don't make me do it your way. Mm -hmm. And then ask questions. Voice your disagreement. Many people go along with the group pressure because they think they're the only one who thinks this way. When you speak up and actually ask questions and voice your disagreement, that will actually trigger many other people who didn't have the courage to stand up to actually ask questions and step out of the delusion that's, that's right. happening in our society themselves. That's right, all right. CommonReason.com, once again, listener, is the website for that video to watch. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, we really appreciate you sharing your insights and perspectives on this important subject. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>